You are listening to a weekend message from New Life Church in Fort Smith. We would love to connect with you, so find us on Instagram or Facebook at NLC Fort Smith. Enjoy the message. We are in a series currently called What is a Christian? Pastor Brandon uh, opened up last week with... Uh, a sermon about what does it mean to follow Jesus, and he just did a fantastic job. And it is the foundation of all that we're going to talk about in the rest of this series. And so make sure you check that out if you didn't get a chance to listen to it. Uh, he did a wonderful job. I, I love this series for a couple of different reasons. One, um, if you would say, man, I'm a follower of Jesus, like I've devoted my life to following after him, uh, I think it is vitally important that you know what you believe. <laughs> like, you know why you believe what you believe. And so we can, we can talk about a term like Christian, right? Like Pastor Brandon talked about, and it can have a lot of different meanings tied to it, depending on where you were raised and how you grew up and your experience within and without of the church. And, um, and so it's important to, number one, have a foundation of what you believe, and then also, I think this series is going to be a great roadmap for us as we look at our own personal relationship with God and try to discover areas which we can maybe take our next steps with him. Some areas where maybe God is calling us to grow and to further our relationship with him. And so the, the four areas we're going to talk about throughout the series is to follow Jesus, to grow together, to serve one another, and to live on mission. And so it, it gives us this progression of, of how God can move in our lives and steps that he wants us to take. It also gives us a, a framework that we can revisit from time to time in our own lives. Uh, because what I've noticed is as I've kind of progressed in my relationship with God and I've taken next steps with him, uh, I've noticed that sometimes the ones that I had down originally, they started not, I wasn't doing very good at them anymore, right? And so like there's been times when I felt passionate about the things that God had called me to do. I was living on mission, but what I realized was I was spending so much time doing that, that I wasn't actually growing in my own relationship with God because I'd put so much focus on other people. I myself was actually becoming empty and I wasn't having anything to draw from to be able to give to other people in my life. I was so focused on mission that growing wasn't even really something on my radar. A few weeks back, we talked about Mary and Martha and how uh, Martha serving took away from following Jesus. She was so consumed with serving that following after Jesus had been a lesser priority and she had put this serving on, on kind of this throne that only Jesus should have. And so I love the series that we're gonna be in. And today we're gonna look at Grow Together. It's kind of the second stage of it. And at times in New Life Church history, we, we have had years where there were like themes for the year. We would pray, we would seek God on what he would want to do, and, and we would have a vision for the year. Uh, sometimes it was like in the past, it been year of the Bible, or make room, or uh, compelled by the Spirit, or just a few that I, I could remember. And, and it's been a few years since we've done that kind of a thing. And we were at this meeting called, what we call All Staff. It's where all the church staffs from all across the state of Arkansas come together once a month. We worship together, you know, we get to hang out, we get to eat food. And oftentimes, Pastor Rick will share his heart and the vision that he has for New Life church with the staff. And in January, we went to all staff and he got up and he began to share his heart. And he said, you know, this is not like a, a theme of the year like we've done in the past. He said, but I, I just feel like God has given me a phrase and a vision for us as a, as a staff and as a church. And he said this phrase and it's been bouncing around in my head kind of ever since. Uh, he said, I believe God is calling us to grow and to grow up. 
I thought, ooh, <laughs> ouch, you know, like it hurt to hear it. He said, we need to grow and we need to grow up. What, what is he saying? There's, there's some areas in our life and us following after Jesus that we need to grow in, that need to be built up, that need to be strengthened, some, some things that maybe we're lacking in in our relationship. And God is wanting to come in and, and kind of bolster those areas up. But there's also some areas in our lives that God wants us to leave behind that he wants us to grow up in from immaturity to maturity and leave some of these things behind. In Hebrews chapter 12, it says it like this. It says, as we're running the, the race of faith, we want to leave behind anything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us so that we can actually run the race that God has called us to run. I, I like how Paul says it. He's very straightforward with it. He's like, when I was a child, so I thought like a child, I spoke like a child, I reasoned like a child. He said, when I came a man, I, I put away childish things. What is he saying? He's saying, there's some areas in my life that as I matured in my faith and following after Jesus, as I was growing more into his image, I had to leave some things behind. I had to grow up in certain areas. And so today, uh, I'll give you the roadmap of where we're headed. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4. And I want to talk about first, I want to basically bring to you the, the why. why. Why do we grow in our relationship with God? Uh, how it happens in our lives, secondly, and then who needs to be around us as we grow in our relationship with Christ. But before we begin to talk about growing in our relationship, growing in community together, uh, I do want to give a word of caution. Um, because this message is probably going to be, for most of you, extremely practical. Uh, it's going to be very much about uh, things that you can put into practice in your life. And listen to me, you need those things. Each and every week we work really hard to be able to give you something that like, can change your day tomorrow. Like I can do this tomorrow and it's gonna affect my relationship with God. So important. Um, but, and I think this comes from like a, a weakness that I have in my own life, is that when in, in my walk with God, I have a tendency to wanna prioritize the doing things for God over just the being a follower of Christ. Like I very much have a tendency to want to do a lot of things and not pay attention to who I'm becoming in the midst of all of it. And so my, my word of caution for you today is, is that when we talk about growing in Christ and growing together, the end all be all of it all is Jesus Christ himself. So like the end all be all of us growing is Christ and the end all be all of us serving is Christ. That to gain Christ is everything in our lives. Like he is it. Nothing further is needed. And so I'm not worried about looking good in front of people and I'm not worried about accomplishments and stacking up a bunch of achievements and, and looking good because I grow into this person that, that looks like they're following Jesus. Well, I'm not worried about all of that. If that happens, so be it. My only sole focus in the midst of all of this is I want to be closer to Jesus. I read this quote this week from David Mathis. He said, to grow in Christ, we don't set out to grow. We set out to taste his goodness. I thought, what a beautiful picture of what it looks like to grow in Christ. I'm not, I'm not looking. That's not the end of it is just to grow and be somebody that's admired. No, no, no. The end of it all, I want to taste and see that the Lord is good. We grow to get more of Jesus. Ephesians chapter 4, 11 through 16 says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. 
Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching or by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful schemes. It says, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, it grows and it builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Let's pray. God, you are good. We are so thankful uh, for your word. We are so thankful for your son, Jesus Christ. God, And our prayer this morning is that you would open up our hearts through your Holy Spirit to show us uh, yourself in this passage today. Uh, we want more of you, and that is plenty enough for us. Thank you, God, for showing us your word, showing us your meaning, and it making a difference in our lives. We love you in Jesus' name. Everybody said... Amen. Amen. So we are in the book of Ephesians, a little context for you this morning. It's, it's a, a Roman capital in the province of Asia. Um, it is a hub of activity and influence. I mean, it's a major, a major vibrant city. Uh, Paul established the church in his second missionary journey. He would return there in his third missionary journey, uh, and he would actually spend three years there kind of building up the church in Ephesus. And he is in a Roman prison, and he's writing a letter to his friends, to people that he cares about, so that he's done ministry with. And the book of Ephesians is basically split in half. There's six chapters. The first three chapters are very much like theological in nature. It's like, it's like doctrinal things that we hold near and dear, truths that we hold as followers of Christ. Like it's beautiful. Uh, if you haven't read Ephesians in a while, my small group's doing it right now. And so we're almost, we're in chapter six. We're almost there. You should read uh, the book of Ephesians, especially the first three. It's so beautiful how well it's written. So then you get to chapter four where we're at today and it makes a very sharp turn. Uh, I heard a commentator say it like this. The first three chapters are our riches in Christ. The last three chapters are our responsibilities in Christ. And so in light of all that we have in Jesus Christ, the last three chapters begin to lay out a plan for us as followers of Christ. What are we supposed to do with it? In, 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 when you get to verse one, specifically, you see a shift and he says that as a prisoner of the Lord, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling of Jesus worthy of all that you've read, live a life that's worthy of that calling. He begins to then in the first few verses of chapter four, build a bit of case around the authority of Jesus. And then he begins to give us really what I think is the first thing that we're called to do as followers of Christ in this passage in particular. And that is, man, we're going to grow. So point number one, uh, as we begin to kind of build this idea is that growth is God's will. Our growing in Christ is his will. Put it another way, uh, for the follower of Jesus, growth should not be optional. It should not be optional. Uh, you ever been in a relationship where you got like mixed messages from the other person? Mixed you ever been in one of those before? Like a friend, a spouse? Like Megan has this thing. I do a lot of dumb things, okay? <laughs> like I make a lot of mistakes in the house. I say to, I was telling this story and made a mistake earlier. Like, <laughs> like I thought as I was telling it out there, I'm gonna have to hear about this later on, you know? And so I make mistakes. I can tell that Megan is upset. So I ask her like, hey, are you okay? You know what she says? I'm fine. Guys, let me, can I just, can I, can I bless you this morning? It's not fine. <laughs> 
when she says everything is fine, it's not, it's not fine, right? Like, so like she's saying something, but no, nah, it's not the reality of what's really happening, right? Listen, this passage today, it couldn't be any further from that. This passage is so clear about one of the elements of God's will for our life. I think a lot of times when we bring, when we bring things to God and we're trying to figure out his will, we're like, I need to know who I'm going to marry, what my job is, where we're going to be, you know? And, and it's like, I'm sorry, you can get some principles. God's going to lead you and guide you in that. But like her name or his name, probably not written in the book, you know? And so we want those, listen to me, this one to me is so crystal clear. And I want to prove it to you as we read through the passage once again. We're going to, we're going to read 11 through 16. And I, I just want to point out all of the different times, excuse me, all the different times that we see building up, strengthening, encouraging, maturity, all of these things. It says, so Christ gave himself, gave the apostles, the prophets, evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be what? It may be built up. Okay, so we, we see right away there, there's ministry gifts that are given to build up people so that ultimately we can be, the body, the church can be built up as well. It says, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. Well, if you become mature, guess what you were before? <laughs> right? Is that, uh, you were immature. <laughs> Spoiler. You were immature and you became mature. We, we have all been immature in our lives, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Not just a part. It says, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speak the truth in love and we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament. It grows and it builds itself up in love <clears throat> as each part does its work. I think one of the major themes we read as we read this passage of how God has kind of structured the, the, the body of Christ to be is that there's an expectation of maturity and growth and building up for the followers of Jesus individually and the church itself. And I want you to know that this verse um, has kind of been drilled into my head over the years because it is absolutely the heart of us here at New Life Church. Like, Ephesians 11 and 12 is the job description of our staff. <laughs> like, like our job is to equip you guys, the saints, to do the work of the ministry that God has called you to do. We want to lead, develop, and care so well for you that you experience everything that God has called you to do, that you grow into the fullest expression of who God has called you to be. That's our goal. That's what we want for each and every one of you here. The idea of growth is not unique to our passage today. So I wanna explore just a few different verses that will also point us to the same idea. First Peter chapter two, verse two, it says, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it, you may grow up in your salvation. It's this idea that even after salvation, we wanna to continue to grow more and more into the image of God. Second Peter three eighteen it says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. We're called to grow in our relationship with him. In Hebrews, it gives kind of the, the reverse. Uh, it's actually like a pretty sharp rebuke that he's giving in chapter five, uh, but I want you to see it. In 12 through 14, it says, in fact, Though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. 
you need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for who? It's for the mature. It's for the people who are growing in their relationship with God, who by constant use have trained themselves. I love that. It's like they've put in work. We're going to talk a little bit. They're intentional about uh, growing in Christ to distinguish good from evil. And so we see this is a, a common biblical theme is that God would call us to grow. We also know this from life. Okay, listen, parents, I would guess, I, I actually, I spoke like this, like with some certainty in the first service and I felt like I didn't get, like maybe, maybe it's just me. I want my kids to grow up one day and be out of the house. <laughs> like, like I, I don't want to have babies be babies their whole life. Like they're cute. They make nice noises. You know, they don't talk back, right? Those are all good things but they have diapers, you know, it's like you got to feed them and it's time consuming. I want my goal for my kids is that I would raise them in a way that eventually they're going to be fully devoted followers of Christ and they're not in my house anymore, right? And I want to spend time with my wife one day with no kids around. We don't want our kids to say babies all the time. No, we want them to grow up into everything that God has called them to be. We want them to grow into everything. And so we know that growing in our relationship with Christ, growing more into his image. And that's God's will for our lives. And so some of us maybe just haven't put the thought into it, maybe haven't come across it, and we're just unaware that this is a piece of our relationship with God. He wants us to grow in, into his image. But I also think when we talk about it being God's will, there's a, there's a second layer to this that can happen. And it's one that if you've been following Jesus for a long time, uh, you're more apt to fall into this category. And it's that as we follow Jesus, we begin to get complacent in our growth. We get lazy about it. Uh, I have this coffee shop. I really like coffee. And one of my favorite coffee, this is not a sponsored ad, okay? So, <laughs> uh, but I love this place in Northwest Arkansas called Onyx Coffee Lab, okay? It's like one of my favorite places to go. And they have this phrase that I think is so beautiful. They put it on all the cups. It says, never settle for good enough. I think that's like a great slogan for a coffee shop. I think that's an amazing principle for a follower of Jesus. That we should never become so used to or desensitized in our relationship with God that we settle for a good enough version of our relationship with him. That we would settle for a life that was less than the fullness of God that he intended for us to have. We should never think that there's, there's this illusion, I think, in life of the status quo that we can actually get to a point where we think we've made it and we're okay, that's just a mirage of what's really happening because in life, we're either progressing or regressing. There's no in-between. We don't just get to a point we hang out there forever. No, if I'm, not, if I'm not actively trying to follow after, guess what? I'm probably falling away in some form or fashion. I never want to settle for a subpar version of my relationship with God, and so I have to be reminded that growth is a part of God's will for my life. Uh, a pastor in Alabama named Chris Hodges, he said, if we're not growing, then we're resigning ourselves to stagnation, apathy, and a diminished life. I thought that was so good. He said, we're resigning. It's, it feels like we're giving up, you know? Like if we're, not, if we're not keeping this on the forefront of our minds and trying to become more and more like Jesus, then we're basically just giving up to a lower version, a diminished life, as he would say. And as a church, my prayer is that we would always want to strive for the fullness that God has for you and I. And as I was doing some research on this passage and I came across, especially in this passage itself, the beautiful results of, of what happens when 
we continue to grow into God's image in our relationship with him. The first one we see in that passage is that we become more like Christ. Um, listen, there's a lot of good people you should strive to be in life. There's nobody like Jesus that you should strive to be. <laughs> there's nobody. There's not a better person, a better example, a better standard that we could set in our lives than striving to be like Christ. And when we grow in our relationship with him, we look more and more like him. In our passage, we also see that as we grow more like Christ, stability is in our lives. It says we don't get tossed to and fro like waves. Uh, when me and Megan got married, we went on a cruise for our honeymoon. And uh, I'd never really been like on a boat like that, you know? <laughs> and uh, when it's in the port, it's terrible. Like, I mean, it was just like constant motion back and forth. It was terrible, I was getting sick. We got out in the water and it was fine. That's the image it's trying to give as being tossed to and fro out of control, not being able to, to handle what's going on. That's when we grow more like Christ, we have a stability because he's our foundation. We also have the ability to speak truth in love, which is something that Jesus modeled like nobody ever did. A lot of times we lean one way or the other. Heavy truth, heavy love. Jesus did both perfectly balanced. And when we look more like him, we can be able to navigate situations in that way in our lives. We mentioned earlier too, not only is there a benefit, there's like a real reality of what it looks like to grow in Christ for ourselves, but it, there's also a reality for us as a, a body of Christ. Like when we all individually begin to grow in our walk with God, our church body also is, be, is growing and it's being built up and it's being encouraged as well. And so we're able to accomplish what God has called us to do because we're all kind of on, we're rowing in the same direction. We're all being built up. We're all being strengthened. And therefore the body, our church is also accomplishing what God has called us to do. So growth is God's will for our life. We're going to transition to the how. And point number two is, is that growth is God's work. It's God's work. He's the one who causes growth in our lives. We see this in verse 16. It says, from him, the whole body. And then from the comma to comma, it kind of is describing the body. Then we get back to him. It says, from him, the whole body, and then we skip it down, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. It's from him that the body grows and builds up. In John 15, he reminds us that apart from me, you can do nothing. That he's our true vine and that all of our fruitfulness comes from him and him alone. In Colossians 2.19, it says they have lost connection with the head from whom the whole body, supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows as God calls it to grow. It grows as God causes it to grow. In 1 Corinthians 3, 6-7, Paul says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered, but who gave the growth? God has been making it grow so that neither the one who plants or the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. Philippians chapter 1 Verse six is one of the most beautiful promises when it comes to this idea of growing in Christ. And it says this, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you, he's gonna bring it to completion in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. That God started a work in you, and guess what? He's gonna finish the work in you. He's not gonna leave you to kind of spin the tires on your own and go figure it out on your own. No, no, no. He initiated the work and he's gonna to continue to work until he brings it to completion in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I think that's so beautiful. But there's also a reality we hold in tension, and it's that growth is a process. God does the work, but I need you to know it's a process. 
It's imperfect. <laughs> it's sometimes messy. It doesn't always go according to plan. You ever been there? <laughs> you thought God's going to line this up. It doesn't always go according to plan. It's, it's ugly sometimes. It's a process. And there's some realities of growth as a process that we need to know together. First, it's ongoing, and we've talked about that. We're going to continue to grow until Jesus returns. That's when the growing stops. Right? We're going to grow as long as we're here. We're going to continue to grow. We also know that the process of growing in Jesus Christ, it's also, it works through the seasons of our lives. Like there were times with me and Megan where we were able to, to grow and to, and to serve and to give in a way different capacity, especially Megan, than we do today. Like when we were getting out of college, we were on this college ministry team. We met on Sunday nights. We had small group during the week. We, um, we were doing outreach ministry on Saturday. That's like every week. We had three ministry commitments every single week. We were doing other things. We had a, a monthly leadership meeting. I mean, we had tons of things happening. But why? It's because we had plenty of time. I tell this to young adults all the time. Look, you got more time than you're ever going to have in your life. Now is the time to give, to serve, to be a part of what God is doing in the kingdom. It's something I talk about in premarital counseling. Because inevitably, as we're talking about marriage and, and all that marriage means, be fruitful and multiply comes up. Okay? It's uncomfortable, but it's okay. We work through it. It's a part of it. But a lot of times, they're just getting married. They're like, I'm not really ready to start a family. And here's what I tell them. I say, look, there's going to be a time where you want to be fruitful and multiply and build your family. Until that point comes, you should be fruitful and multiply what God is doing in the kingdom. Like, you got time. You got talents. You got gifts that God can use. Let's multiply it in the kingdom. And then one day comes and you're going to be fruitful and multiply a family. And then that's going to take your atten attention away. And you're going to have more focus on that and, and still some on growing and serving the kingdom. It's seasonal throughout our lives. The, the last thing about it being a process that I want to encourage you this morning is that a lot of times the growth in our life that God is working is unseen. A lot of times God's working in the background and you just don't see it. It's like if you have kids, you don't notice how big your kids are getting or how they've changed, right? Because you're always really close to them. You know what I'm saying? And then my little man goes on like a weekend away at, at his grandparents' house and I come back and he's like bulking season or something. You know, it's like, this dude's put on a tunnel weight. Like, who is this kid? I don't even, you know, I don't recognize him anymore. And then they developed this really evil app called Time Hop. And it like constantly reminds you of how fast time is going by and how much your kids have grown. And then your friends send you pictures of them as well. And you're like, boy, time slow down, right? When you're, in the, when you're in the midst of it, it's really hard to tell the growth that's happening. And same thing in, in our walk with God. When, when we're really close to it and we're kind of trudging day by day, we're just doing our best and we're trusting God to, to fill in where we, where we lack. We don't see it, but listen, God is working. God is there. He's the one who's working it out in our lives. Are things growing slower in your life than you want? Welcome to the club. <laughs> if you follow Jesus for any amount of time, you're going to experience it. You're going to experience, God, I need you to hurry up here. <laughs> We're going to experience that in life. Does God do some of these things? Does he grow things in our lives sometimes instantly? Absolutely he does. But does he do it that way every time? He does not. And in the seasons when he does not, and we feel like things are going slower than they should be, we put our trust in God that he is good and he's working on our behalf, that he is trustworthy and that he is faithful. He is not slow, but rather he is patient with you and I. And he has our best in mind. The, the point two was growth is God's work. 
that does not take you off the hook. <laughs> it seems like that I said it like God's the only one working. I didn't say that. There's also a part that you and I play in our growth. We have to be intentional with our growth. As I was studying and preparing for this message, I came across a whole list of, of different areas in Scripture where we were called to grow in something. And so I wanted to bring them to you this morning. The Bible tells us we, we are to grow in grace, that we're to grow in faith, that we're to grow in love, we're to grow in our understanding, to grow in our fruitfulness and our holiness, and we're to grow in our contentment. So my question for you this morning is, how are you doing in those areas? How are you doing? My guess, you're probably acing some of them. Maybe your faith is just off the charts right now, or your love is. Maybe you're really content in the season of life that you're in. Are there ones that maybe you're not acing? That maybe are a struggle? Ask God, help me grow in this area, Lord. Walk with me through your Holy Spirit. Empower me to be able to grow in these areas as you have called me to do. How do I be intentional about my growth. I want to give you three things just really quickly. One, you need to present yourself to God. What I mean is you need to humble yourself before the Lord. To go before God and say, hey God, I don't have it all figured out. <laughs> it's number one, a very difficult task sometimes, but it's such a freeing thing to be able to do, to humble yourself before the Lord, knowing that his ways are higher than my ways and his thoughts are higher than mine. And then I can come before him and he is a loving father who will show me and help me grow in areas that he, would, he wants me to grow in. The second thing, and we've talked about these last two in part to begin with, we wanna cleanse ourselves. There's some things that we need to get rid of, that we need to put behind, that we need to lay down and walk away from. And God will help us do that. And then we need to train ourselves. There's some things that we need to grow in, some areas that need, need to be built up and strengthened. And so if I wanna be intentional about my growth, I'm gonna humble myself, I'm gonna leave some things behind, and I'm gonna grow in some areas. The last thing is this, and we kind of come full circle, is that we grow together. That actual biblical, like growing into the image of Christ is only accomplished in the context of community. It just is. You, you, can, you, can, get some, you can get some ground, you can cover some ground by yourself. Like you can get there, like just you and God, like you can trudge through and you, you can cover. You will never grow like you could and like God wants you to, unless you're in community with other people. Why? Because in community, you find things like support, protection, accountability, prayer, celebration, confession, healing. It's things that will make you more into the image of Christ because you're getting rid of some things and you're, you're praying through things. When we pray together, we, we, it, it, what does that do? It just points me more to Jesus. I love in James when it says we can confess our sins to God and he's faithful to forgive us. Then it says if we confess our sins to one another that we experience healing. But there's actually a healing that can take place in the context of biblical community. And I stand before you today and I begin, just, just last night I was just thinking, man, all of the people that have made such a massive impact in my life into where I'm at today. Many of you have seen it and had meetings with Pastor Brandon. You see him preach and you know, heaven comes down when he sings every once in a while, right? Like, you don't see the day-to-day -day of how well he pastors and loves people. 
Brandon is an incredible pastor and a shepherd of this church. He cares deeply for the needs of the people in this church, whether you know it or not. <laughs> he loves you guys. He cares for you. It, it, he carries it around <laughs> like, like it sticks with him. I mean, he is just, he's an incredible pastor. And I've been so thankful to get to be around him and watch how he cares for people. I think about people like Marcus Brown, who made a way for, for me to develop something in my life that I didn't know existed. He, he shared a platform that he is the absolute best at, <laughs> like a pale in comparison to, to the standard that he has set. But he was willing to allow somebody a chance, teach, coach, work with along the way. And I'm here because of him. I think about people like Phil McClure, passionate about God's word, loves God's word so much. I would not nearly be in love with God's word and just all of it, what it means to our lives and how much we need it and how much other people need it. I wouldn't have that in my life if it wasn't for Philip. I think about people in my small group who set such a beautiful example, people like Corey Husk, Brett McMillan, they were here earlier. My man, Charles Thornburg here. They've done a beautiful example of showing what it looks like to love their families well. And they also do a wonderful job of what it looks like to take the gospel into the workplace and into the marketplace and then into really hard areas to be able to share the gospel. And they live it out every single day. They don't live it out just in the context of church. They live it out in the lives that they live with their family and with their coworkers. I've been so appreciative to see and to get to walk with them and see how they live their lives. And it has improved mine immensely. I think about uh, my good friend, Barry Pochet. He taught me what it looked like and what the necessity to have a spiritual father in your life. I didn't ask him, he just took me under his wing. And he showed me how to care for people and how to raise up a generation or a follower of, of Christ underneath you and what it looked like to disciple people and to care for people well. I think about other people in this church like Chris Fowle, Don Shaver. People who love people who don't get the love that they typically should get. People who are underserved in our community, often overlooked. They go into those places and they love those people and they let them know they may have never heard in years that somebody loved them and they walk in there and they say, you know what, God loves you and I love you. I've loved, learned so much about what it looks like to be, take the gospel into the community of our city from those guys. There's countless other people in my life who have walked with me throughout the years and taught me how to pray and how to love well. And I'm a direct result of all these people that are in my lives. And I stand before you today to tell you this, is that if you wanna grow into the fullness of what God has for you in your life, you need people around you. And, and let me just tell you, it's not perfect because what you're gonna encounter is a whole bunch of broken people who are just trying to do their best to follow Jesus. And they're gonna make mistakes and you're gonna make mistakes, but you'll be better off for it. And through all the mistakes and all of the issues that may be there, man, if you just keep going and keep growing, you'll experience God in a way like you never have before. I love how Dietrich Bonhoeffer said it like this. He said, Christian community, it's not an ideal which we must realize. 
It's rather a reality created by God in Christ in which we may participate. What he's saying is, it's not some goal that we're, we're trying to accomplish. It's an opportunity that we all get to take part in. And so maybe you don't have community, man. You need to find a life group. Find some people around you who are following Jesus. Read the word together, pray, build relationships, and watch what God does in your life. I, I want to leave you with just this question of reflection for you today. Where is God calling you to grow? What's God calling you to grow in? Maybe you need a community. Maybe, you, maybe you've been following Jesus for a while and you've just put it on the shelf. Like, hey, I'm good enough. I got it. I'm like to the level I want to be. And God's calling you to pick it back up. Because it doesn't matter how long you've been following Jesus. It doesn't matter how old you are. That as long as we're here on this earth, we can have more of Jesus. And that's all, that's all we need. That is more than enough. We are called by God to continue to grow in his image. And I hope that each one of us this week will take time just to reflect and say, God, where do you want me to grow? How do you want me to grow? Because I want more of you.